Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. I am Mancunian Dan and with me as always to discuss all things women's cycling is Bristolian Sarah. Hello. <laughs> we're no longer we're no longer sitting in the same room. I have to say, um, talking last week was a, a lot of fun, but also a lot easier. I was I was chatting. Um, we caught up with some some friends of the podcast. Um, you know, Sword Panda, Caroline, um, Nikki, and Gethin, who run the Kevin Coyd Grange Guest House in South Wales. Uh, and we're talking about the differences of being able to podcast in the same room with each other, not least of which was, I said, we interrupted each other less because we could tell when we were stopping. <laughs> it was just weird. There were times when I had to, like, not look at you because I was, like, it was, like, it was distracting me from talking and I felt self-conscious. <laughs> I, I I have that reaction a lot from women. <laughs> oh, here we go. Poor tragic Dan. I, you know, dear listener, all this time he was that. overstaying in my house and he wouldn't let me set him up a Tinder account. I meant that in a positive way. Like, <laughs> oh, I see. Kind of like, oh, I, I, it's hard. You're, you're it, it, went dark and negative. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's that line from Call Me Maybe. It's hard to look right at you, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> And, and here we are, like 30 seconds in and we've hit a new low. <laughs> but that's what I wanted to talk about this week, because this is this week is our podcast fourth birthday, isn't it? It is, it is. It's crazy. Like, um, this time back in 2012, we, were, we weren't even sure if this was a thing that, <laughs> that would work or could happen. We were like, let's try it. What do we even do? Yeah, yeah, because because dear listener, how our podcast started, I'm feeling reminiscent. Um, how our podcast started was that Dan sent Dan on Twitter said, Hey, can 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 I DM you? I've got I've got a. I, did you say I've got a proposition for you, or did you say I've got an idea? I've got a crazy I idea. Think I said I've got a crazy idea. I, contrary to what you would like, I don't go around randomly propositioning women on the internet. <laughs> I know you should do that more often. Ah! So and so, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, shoot me a DM. Thinking, what what is this? This is this is you know, here's this dude who I know is an avatar, and I know is a I know set up a ride to work thing, and I know from being a smart ass on the internet who flirts with all my friends. What's what's he um, what's he what's he gonna say? And you're like, hey, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And it was this really sweet, like really sweet, shy DM of I I don't want to bother you. <laughs> Well, I didn't want to bother you. <laughs> so little did I know that four years later, the roles would have reversed and you would be bothering me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, why did I do this? Jesus Christ, I bought it all on myself. But we, yeah, because you, and so I don't even know, why did you have the idea to do a podcast, Dan? A women's cycling podcast? Um, specifically a podcast was mostly because I, I felt it would be easier than like trying to write lots of articles and stuff. Like it was laziness more than anything else. <laughs> like a, a, a podcast is you hit record and you just talk for a while and you know, all you got to do is remember to say fuck often enough and, um, <laughs> and, and then fuck off at the appropriate times and you've got a podcast. It's pretty easy. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know anything about podcasts. I don't even listen to podcasts. I, it doesn't, uh, but, Okay, um, if you do every single technical thing possible, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so you said yes, and like a week later, like a, like we agreed to try it. I think on a. Well, so we said we a... talk first, didn't we? We said we talk. Yeah, yeah, first we'd to talk. See if we talk. We if we if we could talk to each other. Yeah. So and... I went and did a bunch of like 
mad scrabbly research just to make sure that um, could do the technical stuff without too much difficulty because that was how much I'd looked into it before I asked you. <laughs> I mean, what he hadn't told me at the time was I was like his third person that he'd asked to do <laughs> podcast with him. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I was going to do a podcast on <laughs> on deep space astronomy, but they said no. So we're <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually amazed you didn't do a podcast on whiskey. I, I mean, there's still room for you to do a podcast on whiskey, but I can imagine you, know, you and your mates, you and a mate kind of sitting in a room together on different sides of the world, drinking different kinds of whiskey and talking about it. Yeah, no, see, that's way too nerdy even for me, because my, my contribution would just be to progressively slur even more. It's fucking good! <laughs> Getting better and better. The whiskey tastes better and better the more you drink yeah. of it. Or, or, you know, you could be making a fortune by now if you'd started doing video um, video blogs about gaming. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? You could have, you could have had your own YouTube channel by now. You could Why? be PewDiePie. What do you mean, could have? <laughs> How do you think I fund my luxurious lifestyle? Oh yeah, your international travel and yeah. jet-setting lifestyle. Yeah. No, you could Thanks. be PewDiePie by now and. Um, be like making an enormous amount of money and combing women out of your beard and, and all of that if you'd have done video games instead of uh, instead of women's cycling. Well, you know, I, I, I like a challenge. I wanted to be the first person who made a full paying career out of women's cycling. <laughs> ask me ask me in 100 years how that's going. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, so Dan said, would you like to do a podcast? And I was like, I have no idea about tech. And he was like, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'll do the tech. You just bring your knowledge. And I was like, well, what are we trying to get out of it? And you're like, we just have fun. We'll just do it. If we enjoy it, we'll carry on doing it. If we don't enjoy it, we'll stop. And... Yeah, well, that, that was always my viewpoint was, you know, you're trying to add something to the conversation that's a bit different. And I, I guess one of the other thoughts behind, you know, the sheer laziness of not running to write a lot of articles was the the thing that, okay, maybe there's a bunch of people who want to know more about women's cycling but aren't necessarily going to invest the time in reading up on everything either. Um, whereas if you could quickly can, you know, um, wrap up what's going on in a in a podcast that, you know, could be listened to on a commute or something like that, you know, maybe that gives people a way in. Yeah. And so, um, happy birthday podcast. It's also between Dan's and mine's actual birthday, which is kind of funny, I think. Well, it's it's super funny, particularly because in that first year, both of us very carefully didn't tell each other when our birthdays were. So, <laughs> <laughs> just didn't exist. So, yeah. Uh... Technically speaking, as far as we know, we're all four. We're the same age as the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you're mentally four years old anyway. Oh, come on. That's overstating it a bit. <laughs> Three and a half. Um, <laughs> so what was your... I guess I wanted to ask you questions about it, Dan. Like, like, was it... What were you expecting and what... Um, what, has, what, what was the well, result look, it? Was, it? It was important to me that we have fun because uh, particularly when you're doing something and you're not, you know, you're not being paid for it or whatever, you've got to enjoy it. Um, what I really wanted out of it was, you know, it was a bit selfish as well. I wanted to know women cycling better. Um, and, you know, that's been the really interesting thing for me, I guess, is that over the course of these four years, not only do I have a better appreciation of and better understanding of women's cycling, I actually don't follow men's cycling nearly as much as I used to. Um, so that's been really interesting to me. Um, and, yeah, the other thing is, you know, like you always hope that you're going to have a good collaborative relationship, but it's been a very pleasant surprise that 
you know, we formed a very strong friendship out of it. And, and you know, it's always nice to have another really good friend, even if they are on the wrong side of the planet, uh, you know. And, and yeah, it's, it's still, I don't know, I guess it, it's one of those interesting things to me too to see the, the growth of women cycling over that time. Um, not just in terms of things that we talk about all the time, like, you know, better video coverage and more of it and stuff like that, but also things like having um, friends and stuff notice stories about women cycling and things and, and mention it to me at social events and things like that, you know. So it's always kind of curious and kind of nice to see that the the sport is getting over those sort of traditional um, walls that, that – you know, siloed it. Yeah, we weren't in a necessarily positive place in 2012. We'd lost a lot of races. And obviously, we the interesting thing is we started before the Olympics. Yeah. And so it's like we kind of tie in with the Olympic cycle, which is, you know, an accident. But it's also very, very women's cycling, isn't it? <laughs> the cyclical <laughs> nature of uh, the, the, the Olympic cycle and, the, and, and women's cycling are so kind of bound together inextricably that it's it's yeah it's it's kind of uh an odd an odd thing you know that 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 we were like we'd been losing races it was it was getting depressing we were like not in a negative place but i think these days we're much more positive i mean we're still trying to keep i think we were trying to keep a positive slant on it always like i know we've had ranty podcasts and we rant about things a lot but we but it's been a really positive thing and even things like there are fewer rider blogs around these days now than there were in 2012 but that's because there's there's media there is mainstream media covering it and it's everything from you know ella cycling tips as a standalone Total Women's Cycling as standalone women's cycling sites through yep. to just just the difference. Just I mean, Cycling News has always covered it, and I don't want to diss Cycling News because they've always they've always you know they've always covered it. But you know, there's there's um, it just feels like it's more mainstream. And and you know, coming from a British based point of view, obviously Lizzie Armitstead helps that. But but that was but people are kind of miss who people who say that's the only reason have kind of missed the point that we had Nicole you know before there was Lizzie Armistead there was Nicole Cook yeah you know, Emma Pooley and before then we've always had like um you know even back to the Beryl Burton days Louise um you know kind of Louise Robinson days we've had we've always had like w- good women good strong women in Britain yeah yeah but yeah Oh, it has been fun, and and the best thing I think has been making friends, like you say, and meeting people, and and yeah. kind of even though there's t- more people don't listen to this than do listen. You know, I try and make an effort to kind of keep the podcast posts full <laughs> yeah. of videos. <laughs> Our listens haven't reached six point four billion yet. That's true. <laughs> I am still gutted that when we moved servers, that our stats were counted in a different way because I preferred the way our stats were counted before. <laughs> I should I should just um, get someone to write like a, a Chrome extension that um, that just puts an extra two zeros on any stat. <laughs> Everything that Sarah looks at, yeah, this yeah, is a, to make you happy. Yeah, I am a slightly obsessive, so I try not to look at stats. But you know, because it's, <laughs> it's also it's also not about that. You know, like like we, it's not about how many people look at things necessarily. It's about I don't know. I think you said you once said to me something that really made an impact, which was it's just about being here, about people knowing that we're here. And so last week, for example, the Telegraph podcast is announcing they're going to be having a monthly women's cycling podcast. And and some people were like, oh wow, you know this this really means something, 
and and other people like I just wish they'd just incorporate women's stuff you know rather than once a month talk about women's stuff I wish they'd talk about women's stuff in their podcast but you yeah. know everyone's podcast you do it for a different reason you know it, it's like you know it's, it's like whenever people tell us how we should do our podcast and Dan has a robust <laughs> straight hey, look, talking I'm australian always, shane sutton-esque <laughs> I'm, I'm always happy to to field suggestions from anybody i'm also equally happy to ignore them yeah. um but because no, no, that's, no, we are genuinely happy to field suggestions yeah yeah, yeah, yeah we, absolutely we, i mean we're just i'm going to be i'm being a bit nasty here but but i but i do think it's important to listen to feedback however but it's it's one of those things though that you know for us we're doing it for ourselves basically you know, um, to a certain extent, because we're not, you know, we don't have someone like the Telegraph or whatever paying for it and paying us and, and you know, all of that sort of thing. And we're not making money like they do off it, um, you know. And, yes, Sarah's awesome, awesome Patreon supporters um, do contribute to her work overall, and part of that work is the podcast, but... Um, you know, a lot of that work is actually in the the research, the race articles, the how to watch races, the wrap up of races, the finding of video highlights, and putting together all the links and things that go into our podcast posts. You know, and and Sarah does an enormous amount of work. So basically, you know, as I said last week, if you if you really want to start to dictate the terms of our podcast, <laughs> absolutely feel free to put your money where Sarah's Patreon account is. <laughs> but also, equally, if you have any ideas that you th- think ways we can make it better, send it to us i mean we are likely to say look i love the idea of doing it of someone editing it for us but but that's not going to happen <laughs> well sarah's sarah's likely to say that i'm likely to say fuck it we just put it up 20 minutes after we record it done <laughs> yeah. yeah it's i mean well that's the thing and, and the division of labor like i think the interesting thing is like after after we podcast jet normally we sit together and dan is putting the podcast is uploading the podcast and and doing things like that and i'm pulling together the last of the links and pulling together things into the links post which takes more time than it should i mean i think that's an interesting thing it's like i do wonder if i knew where i was would i have said yes if i'd have knew where i'd be in four years time (laughs) when you when you asked me but of course i would because it's an adventure and it's fun and, and we're doing something that no one else was doing and that's the thing that i think is really exciting for me is that we get to push the boundaries of media and we get to say look this is possible and people might not like us and might prefer something else but we're saying there's no reason why anyone else can't do it that's exactly right you know like you know we're i don't know we're your favorite rock band and every other podcast is nickelback like (laughs) fucking it's all good like this is the thing, and and that's it. Everyone's allowed to choose what they like to listen to. We're allowed to choose what we like to do, and you know that's where it lands. But thank you, I do. But thank you, dear listener, because it is so so good to have this kind of invisible spider webby community of people who are yeah women well, fans. And that was the other the other stipulation that we agreed on. We were like, you know, as long as we're having fun, and more than two people listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was, I had a different, I had a slightly different numerical figure on, um, but then Dan did. <laughs> We've argued and argued and argued and argued about the meaning of stats so like, much over the years. How many is enough? Like, how yeah, many? Um, and to me, it's never enough. And Dan's like, you're insane. <laughs> yes and this is why you're not allowed lead an army or run a country (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is why dan won't like show me like won't play video games against me 
or let you set up a Tinder account as a- <laughs> That's the case, maybe. I mean, I still could set up a Tinder account for you. Yeah, yeah, by all means, and enjoy it very much. I, I'm sure you would. I, I mean, once once they get over the crushing disappointment of not meeting me, but you know. Oh God! If only you lived in the right country. But um, yeah. So <coughs> cycling this week's cycling. So we're in an interesting time, dear listener, because quite a lot of the big names are taking a break. Um, and this is traditional for me. Um, it, it's been on and off. Well, it didn't used to be traditional because we used to have the Tour de Load, which was one of the three women's cycling grand tours. Um, this was Pyrenean Tour de Load. And it was on at the same time as the Giro. And it was just Pyrenean mountain stages in France. Gorgeous scenery, gorgeous climbing, like just Pyrenees. I love the Pyrenees so much. They're this beautiful, beautiful part of the world. And and yeah, and they'd stay in these weird campsites <laughs> with rat droppings in the bedrooms and stuff. And and um, but it was a great race, and I'm sad it's there. But since it's and then we had a couple of years ago, and when it first started, the Friends Life Women's Tour, now the Aviva t- Women's Tour, happened in the first week of May, but it moved because of the general election last year, and now it's kind of firmly in its place in June. And so yeah. it's an interesting time because. But I don't think it's a bad thing. So we're going to start with the biggest race, which was round seven of the UCI Women's World Tour. And this is the tour of Chongming Island. Now, Chongming Island's always been a... Um, it's be, it, They had a tour for, um, I want to say, six years. I could be wrong there, but I'm just let's just say six years. They had a tour for Chongming Island, uh, a, a three-stage tour. And then they had the day race, which was the World Cup, which is part of the World Cup for about three or four years. And... When the Women's World Tour came on, they've they've cancelled the World Cup, and the stage race is now part of the um, part of the Women's World Tour. Yeah. So this is the first. Obviously, it's the first Women's World Tour. It's the first stage race that's part of the Women's World Tour. I'm I just sound like I'm babbling, but <laughs> um, and it's it's a little bit of an interesting but- one. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a, it's an interesting choice because Chongming is notoriously flat and the same every year. Yeah, and it's it's tiny. It's a t- it's an alluvial island at the mouth of the Yangtze River. Um, it's just, 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 just literally across the Yangtze River from Shanghai. It's 1,267 square kilometres, um, which is really funny because it's like, it's when you read of it, it's in, in Wikipedia, it's like the island covers 1,267 square kilometres as of 2010. Like, why do they say that? And it's because it's incredibly flat. So the tiniest... Um... <laughs> yeah, any, any shift in tides or river flow that year and there may be more or less of it. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's an interesting it's an interesting island. It's got like a a lot of um, uh, uh, it's got this this it's it's built up. It's um, it's oh it's funny due to the shifting sands of the islands. The county seat in the needed to be repeatedly moved in the old days. It's an alluvial island, Um, and it's now it's got um, a. uh, 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 lots of eco businesses and stuff like that and it's right. kind of got some it, it's kind of got quite a lot of uh there's a national park that's that's in the middle of the island which is interesting um and it's a forest park and it's it's like it's it's got some other forest parks in it and it's got some envi- you know, environmental businesses and stuff like that um 
and it's got an industrial zone so there's quite a lot of stuff going on there because yeah. it, even though it's such a small space but it's only 81 kilometers long so having a stage race there is a little bit difficult <laughs> and this and sometimes they use the tunnel that goes because it goes from Chongming to the across the Yangtze um some last year they actually started in Shanghai and rode out to the island, but this mm. time the first stage was a um, you know included going over the Yangtze River Bridge, which is an incredible structure, and then the second stage was around the um, the kind of uh, west side of the island, and then the third stage was a crit. Yeah, yeah, and it's flat, and the roads are big and wide, and it's built in a grid pattern, and it's it's not. I mean, you, we talked about Chloe Hosking's blog about it. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not the most interesting race. No, it's not. But I mean, all of that said, um, this week we've had a couple of interesting results, and and results that you know I think uh, indicate to a certain extent that the the purpose behind the World Tour and and you know the growth or globalization of of women cycling as a sport. Um, yeah, so it, it's. I mean, it's not like I'm going to sit down and watch, you know, the entire footage of each stage wrapped. But at the same time, it is part of a broader, you know, scale of progression, I guess. Yeah, and it's and it kind of it raises the question about what is the world tour for, and the world tour is for globalization. And and my 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 answers to that were different at the start of the race and the finish of the race. And this is, you know, slightly weird. But it's it's kind of like because it, if you have something called the World Tour, it does have to leave Europe, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because the surprise TV coverage, there was live TV coverage from two hours each of, of each three stage, which was wonderful. But at the same time, my Mac virus guard was saying malware on the stream, so I didn't watch it. And other people were going, oh, it's all right, it's fine on my phone. <laughs> Uh, yes, well, that's probably because you don't have a virus uh, protection software on your phone. Mm. Um, and also, your phone may not correctly understand the interpretation of the word malware because malware doesn't necessarily stop a stream from working. It just does nasty things potentially to you. And it depends on security settings and blah, blah, blah. And then you get into full-on security paranoia and stuff and it's really really interesting over a pint and it's really really boring when you're talking about whether or not you're watching a stream <laughs> but luckily the um the the, the robin hoods of the internet um put the stream up online on youtube where you know malware free so if you want to see the video <laughs> there's, there's... <laughs> different, different kind of malware but not necessarily free <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah so so if you want to go and watch the videos it's all on our blog prowomenscycling.com and this has been a really exciting thing so in terms of what the purpose of the world tour is what it did was get us this stream and it's it's changed my view of the race because it's much more beautiful scenery than i ever thought in the past like one year we had five minute highlights for each of the stages but but you know pretty much like we've never like the world world cup for example didn't have very good um video and 
and you know lots of people wouldn't go out to china just to do this but this year velo focus sean robinson was out there so we had some gorgeous pictures from sean which are on the uci website mm. and we had this you know this couple of hours of video every day we had highlights from the uci of stage one and stage two but i don't think they were provided with footage from stage three so they don't have that and then of course we got what we've the only real way that we've seen this race before in the past was through wiggle high fives videos and they've had videos again this year so that's been so what is the purpose of the world tour well we are getting to see more stuff i would argue that it's not necessarily because of the world tour that we're getting to see it because you know the video of non-world tour races has improved and improved and improved and improved every year too like if you'd have told me in 2012 how much video i'd be watching four years later of races and I'm yeah. like, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure I can be bothered to watch the full two hour coverage of this. I'd been saying, what the hell, Sarah? Oh, my God. Yeah, Get yeah. me there. Give me my TARDIS. So, but yeah. As you say, you know, I mean, it's that mixed bag, isn't it? Because, you know, alongside that, Flesh Flan still exists. Yeah, a... yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, uh, if, yeah. If, a, if a race happens in somewhere in, in, in the world and it's not on TV. If, well, well I would put it this way. If a race happens in front of a fixed TV camera with a fucking... <laughs> okay. It's not turned on. Did the race even... Yeah. Fuck you, Flesh Flan. All right. Yep, so move. we had Wiggle Honda, Wiggle High Five. We had um, High Tech Products, but without Kirsten... Ve- with, you know, Wheel High Five without Bronzini. High Tech Products without Kirsten Veald. Silence Pro Cycling without um, your... Uh, Shelly Olds, Live Plan yep. Tour, and then your smaller teams like BTC, B Pink Astana, but no Rabobank, no Rubber Live, no um, no Pools Dolmans, no Canyon Sram. And that's fine. I'm happy with this. And I was particularly happy when after the first stage, you know, people tried to get away, blah, 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 ended up in a bunch of sprints. And it was won by Huang Tingying of the, Chi- of the Chinese Republic of Taipei team. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, I mean, honestly, I was actually quite excited by that result because, um, well, I think it was one of the things I said to you um, last week when we were actually hanging out in person and (laughs) could throw things at each other and stuff was like, um, that was kind of what I was hoping for because that kind of result to me is the other part of, as you say, to have a, a world tour, you've got to leave Europe. Uh, but uh, ex- I guess the unspoken part of that is you don't have to bring the whole of Europe with you. you yeah, know. yeah, and I and I would really hate to see. I mean, I have enjoyed watching um, watching the the bulls domination of the of the classics, but it would get very very boring if every race was the same with the same podiums. You yeah. know, we've got like it's it's you know it's it's it's. It's nice, and, and 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 Huang, she's she's come, she's not come out of nowhere. So some people are, oh, that's a suspicious result. But you look at what she's done, and so this year already, she won a stage of the Tour of Thailand. She was second in the Tour of Udon in Thailand. Mm. Um, you know, she's she's she was second overall in the Tour of Thailand. Sorry, um, last year she was the Asian champ- road race champion. Um, and she was uh, second in stage two of the tour of Thailand, second in stage one of the tour of Zushan Island, and eighth in the tour of Chongming Island um, uh, overall road race. Yeah. You know, the year before, she was third in the state, third in, in two stages of the tour of Zushan Island. She won a stage of the tour of Thailand, and so she's obviously a, a really strong local cyclist. But if you put if you took Huang Tingying and put her in, um, let's say the Ronde van Drenthe. Yeah, yeah. We'd never it's... see her because you know the style of racing is different, the roads are different, the peloton pack size is different. Yep. So I'm like, 
I'm really happy that, that that we get the chance to take the world tour and races and and this isn't just the world tour it's the same as when um you know for example the tour de san to san luis and the vuelta yep. costa rica um when uci races go around the world and give us a chance to see it like you know maybe yep. huang wants to come to europe one day this gives her a chance to or, say to be seen you know yeah yeah exactly or, or even even where we were a few years ago um with american races you know it's yeah. You know, it's that thing of of seeing other racing scenes and other up and comers who may not have opportunities otherwise. And I mean, you know, to me, um, Huang Tingying is like, I mean, obvious. Of course, a rider coming out of Taipei, you know, like the heart and soul of global bike manufacturing, one of the most cycling friendly uh, precincts in the world. You know, like like it's how great is that to see that that not only is it a industrial um, engine for you know cycling globally, but but that it's actually part of the culture and and is growing as a sport and yeah. you know yeah and and it's 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 exciting to me and and but I do worry that I'm being a bit patronising. You know, I do worry that there's an element of, oh, look, you know, oh, isn't that good? An Asian writer's won a prize. Congratulations. Clap, clap, clap. But, and I don't, and I don't, I genuinely don't mean to be like that absolutely at all. I think it's, I just think it's interesting. I think it's particularly interesting because yeah. second was Kirkman of Liv Plantour and third was Hosking of, of Wiggle High Five. Yeah. And, and look, honestly, to me, I don't even think of it as, uh, you know, in that terms, it's more to me, oh, look, a local writer. Yes, you know. yes, 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 exactly. And and we'd be the same, you know, I'm the same when, you know, when I was absolutely over the moon when, 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 um, when uh, Hannah Barnes, I want to say Hannah Barnes won a stage of the uh, women, of the Aviva Women's Tour, but it might have been Lucy Garner. Oops. You know, like there's something nice about a, a, a local rider winning a local yeah. race. But it's it's also, it's nice when it's, a, when it's because you look at that list and you go, right, yeah, I'm basically going to say it's Hosking versus Kirkman. As the as the as the as the people who are going to win this race, no one else is going to have a chance. Blah blah blah. And we've always said this all the way along. I like it when I love it when when my when my ideas of of what's going to happen are are wrong. You know, like I'm like it's it's Hosking and Ghana and it's um and it's Leah Kirkman and you know and then it's Ali Cipollini and Marta Tagli uh you know and Annalisa Cucinotta and Marta Tagliaferro and they're going to win the race. Yeah, yeah. And so to have that script window on stage one is actually really awesome because it, it just goes okay now. Now we've got a whole bunch of other calculations that have to come into the next two stages. Yeah, yeah, it made it so much fun. So stage two, um, obviously these are all sprints. Obviously there's people try to get away, blah, blah, blah. They couldn't, you know, this is that's the story of the race. Um, stage two was won by Chloe Hosking. Um, and it's nice when Chloe wins the wins stages here because she's always talks about how her first, you know, her first big win was the Tour Chungming Island stage race before the, uh, before the, and that's what got her her start in cycling. Yeah. Um, with Leica, in second and Yip Vandenbos um, of Park Hotel Valkenburg in third and Yip Vandenbos Vandenbos is a really interesting rider she's in her second year as an elite um, so she's very 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 young and she's been you know I've talked about Kirkman all year being the rider who stepped up but Vandenbos has had some really interesting results you know like like she's just she's just she was she's just been she's just been 
around there. You know, she's 13th yeah. in stage three of the Imakumin Bira. Um, she was eighth in Omelette Van Hageland. You know, it's, it's but she's been out in attacks and stuff, and she's you know a, a young rider. And again, this is why I like it that they don't have, you know, if it was like Veald versus Bronzini versus Johansson versus, you know, versus Hosking versus Marta Bastianelli versus, you know what I mean? Like yeah, uh, Barbara Gurishi, be... then Vanden Boss wouldn't have had, you know, she might still have got on the podium, but I like yeah. it. I like the fact that she's learning to, you know, she's learning what she can do. This is how you develop, you know, you shouldn't just, like at a, a 19 or 20, she's she's racing against the biggest she shouldn't always be only be racing against the biggest riders in the world she should have these chances to take her chances and see what she can do and yeah and 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 see if she can get there so that was an interesting stage and then stage three was the crits um and i really was interested in the in the in the wiggle high five video because um Chloe Hosking, Hosking was leading the, the the gc and they were obviously very 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 concerned with leah kirkman yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's it's one of those interesting ones because there were intermediate sprint bonifications yes. at play, and so uh, I, you almost get the impression that um, that Wiggle was a little bit too obsessed with Leah Kirkman because I'm not entirely sure. Well, let me put it this way: I wouldn't have been comfortable with leaving as much to chance in the final sprint as it looks like Wiggle did. You know, yeah, um, yeah, because Chloe Hosking had picked up some intermediate sprint bonification points, which meant I think that she was fine over Kirkman. She had five seconds on Kirkman and eleven seconds over the rest of the field. Yeah, but then it was well, but that included Huang Ting Ying. Yeah, and Huang Ting Ying won the stage. And there's a ten-second bonus for that. And it took the longest time for us to find out who won the GC because, you know, we're like looking at it and it should be Chloe by one second. But mm. but Hosking, she finished like 20th or something on the stage. Yeah, well, because there, there was a crash just um, probably around 200 metres before the finish and it wasn't big and it didn't seem to affect anyone, um, you know, competing for the, the GC too badly. But it was one of those ones that just slowed things down a little bit and, you know, there could have, you never really know how the commissaires are going to judge it. I think particularly for me, the hardest part was that um, pretty much all of the footage was from front-on cameras. Yeah. So, so everything's foreshortened and it's really impossible to tell if there's a gap or not. And, um, yeah, so you, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to be judged. If the, if the commissaires had decided that there was a second gap between, you know, the group anywhere between from 1st to the 20th, then it would have been a countback. Yeah, like, yeah, and then Huang would have won because Huang yeah. won two stages. Exactly. So you know, it's it it's yeah. really really interesting, and it's one of those ones that I mean, I don't think we'll ever actually know, but I would desperately love to to know whether Wiggle had really thought all of that through and were comfortable with the choices that made well, or I, I, but, they but, got a bit lucky. But from the from the pre-race video they were saying, oh, you know, like like to the other rest of the team, you know, just basically don't let don't let Kirkman get any intermediate sprint bonifications and yeah. then we're going to go for the final sprint. So I think their plan was to go for the final sprint. But I think they were so busy looking at, at Kirkman yeah. that they forgot to look at Huang. And again, I love this. This is I mean and it's one of those decisions where like when there's one second in it overall, yeah, one yeah. second. Well, it turns out it was fine. Like, like you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's but as you say, if there'd have been, if there'd have been a, 
a gap if they'd have decided oh yeah there's a second gap between Huang and Fournier Roxanne Fournier second Elena Huxmar in third that's another Park Hotel Val- Valkenberger rider that would have been oh it would have been fascinating like like just fascinating to me so yeah it's it's a it's it's I mean this is why bonifications are so important like we talked about how Mariana Voss won literally won a Giro yeah on her bonific by going for the bonifications like, yeah yeah absolutely like it's you know she won it on the but she won when you yeah. when you look at it and you look at how much she won on the bonnies and how much she won by she won it on the bonnies and it's like wow that's that's a fascinating thing that we don't you know bonnies are so much more important in women's racing and it's partly because of you know them being shorter races and flatter and you know they don't have the mountains and stuff like that but it's wow i mean yeah i mean wiggle did it right wiggle did it right they went for those bonnies and so it ended up with hosking uh winning uh huang Tingying second one second behind her leah kirkman five seconds behind her kuchinotta fourth roxanne fournier fifth uh, yip vandenbos sixth Elena Huxmar, seventh, Emily Moberg, eighth, Olena Pavlikina, ninth, and Eugenia Bujak, tenth. And honestly, all up, I, I consider that a great result overall. Like, I just really like the, the way that played out. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not like, like I say, it's not like, the, I mean, there, there's been races that aren't even UCI, that this UCI 1.2, that are going to have had bigger fields and better parkour throughout the year. But that is what it is. And it's, yeah. it's nice. I'm super happy to see the globalization of cycling, you know. It's- and exactly. And you've got to take each race on its terms. And also, you've got to give full credit to, you know, Chong Ming and its organizers, because like, this isn't, it's a well-established race. It's not the most exciting parkour and all of that sort of stuff. But you know, it's also a race that's proven that it's it's consistent. It's it's organised. It's Definitely run consistent. well. It's, well, yes, but you know what you know what I mean though. Like when we've had raft upon raft of races who've cropped up out of nowhere and disappeared after one year and yeah and yeah yeah all yeah, the, they're not all doing- the sorts of disasters that before races. They're not doing. Nah. And and so full credit to them for for that. And you know, I I think if if they weren't so environmentally minded these days in Chongming, we probably could dig up more of the riverbed. But you know, it's not the way of the world anymore. I guess it has been. I mean, speaking of globalization, we've been all over the world this week because we had um, the Vuelta Costa Rica. Um, over in Costa Rica, obviously. And the first stage was won by Flavio Oliveira, um, a Brazilian cyclist who usually races for Ale, but racing for Brazil. Um, Alena Sierra Canadilla of Cuba won stage two and three. Erica Haley Varela Huerta from Mexico won stage four. And that meant that Alena Sierra Canadilla of, of Cuba was won it with Oliveira second and Blanca Liliana Moreno Canchon of Colombia in third. And there's video of that too. I've got videos of that from the from the Costa Rican Cycling Federation um, organization, which is amazing. Um, so that's and they're having a really big run in 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 cycling in that part of the world because we go from the uh, Vuelta Costa Rica to um, down to um, the Venezuela because we have a couple of Venezuelan yep. races now. The Venezuelan the Venezuelan Venezuelan races are the pop-up races like some of these venezuelan races only appear and then they disappear (laughs) very quickly and it's like okay that's interesting because they kind of turn up every four years in the olympic cycle and it's um you know and like you said it's the opposite of it's the opposite of um 
Yeah, yeah. the opposite of Chong Ming, you know, like in, in, you know, it's got its own frustrations. But again, in the in the spirit of, um, I guess, me being in a holiday mode and having had a great week in Bristol last week and, and the weather turning cool again in Manchester today, um, I'll just choose to believe that it's it's still a step forward in the in the growth of the sport. Yeah, and it's interesting because the reason that we've got those running in is, and they've had a lot of movements, is we have the Pan American Championships um, mm. coming up. Now, the Pan American Championships are actually happening at the same time, road championships are actually happening at the same time as the Tour of California, which is kind of unfortunate for American riders and for riders from South and Central America who could have gone up and ridden... Um, the uh, ridden in ridden in the tour of california but at the same time again it's interesting you know it's it's more it's it's like when we do have the expansion in women's cycling we've got more races happening and that's that's fantastic like i can't i'm never going to diss having more races it's 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 a very interesting thing but it does mean that riders who want to make sure they get their olympic qualification places are going to have a really interesting choice on their hands like where do they go yeah Um, and yeah we i mean we know that we know that it's again we're not going to necessarily see the biggest names out in the tour of california um because and and again i don't think that's a problem it's most american teams with uh with the right that they've got the teams they have to invite who've said yes through the world tour system and then they've then they've filled it up with american teams and british teams for some reason we've got drops cycling team and podium ambition out there from from britain so yeah it's it's again it's not like gonna it's not necessarily going to be the biggest team race team teams in the world but it's still no. quite a it's still got your kirsten fields and your yeah. your hansons and obviously bowles dolmans have got megan guarnier and evie stevens who really yeah, want yeah, that exactly. and and, yeah. and that's uh, I think that's the other thing about it too is that it's nice to see you know I mean this is one of the other aspects of globalization too is that as we get more international riders concentrating in um, Europe for you know the the sort of top tier of elite cycling um, it's nice to see races back in their home countries that they can go to and and compete in and and you know um, bring that level of experience back home with them and stuff it's yeah. it's nice and yeah, yeah. And, and especially i mean we've just had and we've just had in america we're gonna have so we're gonna have the teams that are going out there in the next couple of weeks because the tour of california starts on the 19th of may but we've just had the tour of the gila um which silver city yeah. tour of the gila in somewhere new mexico new mexico, new new mexico. mexico. um yeah really interesting race i find the tour of the gila fascinating it the the live tweeting is done by our friend clara beard um fern coyote on twitter and it's a particularly interesting one because they have the men and the women's race not just happening on the same day same course but actually at the same time and one of the things i think clara is so brilliant at is she runs the twitter running tweeting live tweeting the races simultaneously now she has problems because they do go through the land that mobile phones haven't penetrated yet they go through some terrible mobile phone dead zones and think and no one just no one knows what's happening in those parts and it's just impossible to 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 cover but clara manages to tweet the men's and women's races at the same time effortlessly without any confusion whatsoever 
it's a weird skill and it's one that I think it's easy to, to overlook and forget. I remember you telling me that it was really eye-opening the first time you were trying to live tweet a race from the race because, you know, it's that thing of when we don't see what goes on behind the scenes, we always sort of assume that there's this some sort of perfect idyllic thing that there's someone on race radio the whole time telling everyone exactly what's happening blow by blow. Um, and the reality is actually that you might not hear from race radio for like 40 minutes Yeah. and then they'll go two out front and then you won't hear from them again for four days yeah. and, and, and you just go, what the fuck? And that's not even in the mobile phone dead zone. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. And Clara, so, so one of the reasons this is interesting to me is because like, we know that for example, Strada Bianchi and Ronda Van Vlaanderen and Flesh Woman deliberately limited how many of their tweets they sense during the rate during the women's race because they thought it would be confusing to people who are primarily following the men's race and when you look at how clara did it clara just makes it look so easy to put to not just tell them apart but also to make there be a narrative flow of each race yeah so it's not like women's race blah 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 men's race blah 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 like each tweet is like telling telling and you know is is like a um the next update in a story you yeah, know, so they yeah. flow together as tweets without being, um, yeah, I mean, she just does such a great job. I think she did have some unfortunate things where she was given incorrect information about who won, for example, and then had to go back and say, oh, I'm sorry. And that always, always, as a as a live tweeter, that is the most terrible thing because yeah. you're reliant on the information other people have given you. And yeah, and that's just, and it's so embarrassing when you have to say, oops, I'm sorry, blah, 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 you know, and, and she handled that. But she handled that with such good grace as well, you know, and, and some people get a bit tetchy when races go through dead zones you know why aren't you telling us more this is ridiculous we haven't had an update for half an hour and it's as if you know the live tweeter is just sitting on her backside you know drinking a coffee and having a chat about nail polish or something it's absolutely <laughs> not the case at all you know it's like it's 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 weird to me that that's the thing you chose for clara but okay <laughs> Okay, like a scroll, um, searching for new episodes of My Little Pony online. I don't know. Um, well, well, listening to the listening Smith. to the Smiths, yeah. Yeah, 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 kind of like 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 li- yeah. listening to the Smiths and, 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 and just talking about how she's so totally goth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Clara's awesome. Um, yeah, so. Uh, Mara Abbott won the first stage ahead of Katie Hall and Kristen Armstrong. Then Jasmine Glaser won stage two ahead of Leah Thomas and Abby Mickey. Stage three was the ITT, and that was particularly interesting because it's Kristen Armstrong versus Mara Abbott. And some people in the American media were billing this as as the whole race as Kristen Armstrong v. Mara Abbott for who gets to go to the Olympics and stuff like that, which, you know, if you've listened to this podcast for more than 10 minutes, you'll know that I'm like, why aren't they racing in Europe against against a bigger field? But... um, (laughs) Well, also, um, you know, very different style of race for two people with very different individual talents that, like, you'll never, ever get a race that is going to be a straight-up Mara versus Kristen shootout. Like, that just won't happen. Yeah, but, um, yes, because, like you said, but Kristen Armstrong won the ITT, Abbott in second, and Lauren Stevens third. Then stage four, Crit, Heather Fisher won ahead of Linda Willemson and uh, Emily Collins of New Zealand, two New Zealanders in, in second and third. And then stage five was won by Mara Abbott solo with Scotty Lechuga um, coming second and Mindy McCutcheon coming third, leaving the final GC one Abbott, two Armstrong, three Glacier. And apparently Abbott cracked a rib on stage one and but just carried on riding yeah, anyway. Yeah, just, just kept going because 
cyclists are not the most rational of people. Yes, but she won the race, you know, and it's yeah. And it's, and it's well, good and it's fun and it's a it's a fun race. Yeah, and they've both extended their claims respectively for you know Olympic consideration, but we'll see how that plays out yeah, over the coming. Yeah, and and you know we joke. I mean, we joke about the American Olympic selection being decided by who has the best lawyers. But you know, like I always say, every time I make those jokes, at least they get the chance to you know to to fight for their spots and to and to camp you know to kind of to um uh to 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 to, to go to, to to you know to get an appeal and to to appeal yeah. for it. So you know, which is more than most countries looking at our countries, Daniel. So <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it's it's Olympic selection is always a fraught thing, and so yeah, I yeah, we'll we'll see how it plays out. But yes. So over in Europe, there was the Rabobank Seven Dorpen on Loop Alberg, um, which is part of the Festival Marianne Voss of Cycling, um, which is a week a big weekend festival. So that was apt that Marianne Voss won ahead of Lauren Kitchen and Anouk Reif of the Lotto of Lotto Sudal. Always, um, always a little difficult if you don't win the race named after you. <laughs> yeah, but but how cool is it? I was thinking about Marianne Voss as having a you know her comeback year after all that injury, and. For Mariana Voss, a comeback here includes two UCI wins, coming second in the prologue at Elsie Jacobs, and five other top ten UCI places in UCI races, including in Flesh Wallon. Um And she hasn't ridden that much. It's like, yeah, yeah. this is yeah. this is the Voss thing, isn't it? That like that's a pretty bloody good. Um... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, 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 it's kind of like you with stats. Like it's just not good enough. Like, <laughs> yeah, I want more, more views, more hits, more hits, more hits. <laughs> um, and then on Sunday it's the Trophée Martin Weilance, which I think is round five. I think of the Lotto Cycling Cup, and that was won by Lottie Kapeki of Lotto Sudal again yep. with Lauren Kitchen second and Kelly Droitz of Top Sport Flandern third. And yeah. this is Lottie Kapeki's first UCI win, which is awesome. She's another Absolutely young. She's awesome. a very young rider. Um, yep. had a very good uh very good um junior you know very good very good junior you know junior season she's in lotto sudal this is her third year i mean it's her third season as an elite but you know you look at her and you're going yeah you're still only you know she's still only 20 and again it's lovely again these are smaller fields you know these european races were smaller fields it's nothing mm. to take away from kitchen who got back-to-back second places for yeah for yeah well that was actually... the australian dev team yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, it's it's. I want to give a bit of a credit to to Lauren because she's always been a very very consistent rider, but this year, like, she's been really really consistent and is doing very very well. But is a rider who, um, you know, is easy to miss because she's so consistently there. I've said the word consistent too many times. Shit, consistent. Lauren, Lauren had that kitchen had that problem of her of of the you know the same thing that. Um, Annemiek van Vleuten had where her she had scar tissue in her I think it's her iliac mm. artery in her thigh and so she wasn't getting enough blood um, pumping to her to, to, to her muscles to help her recover and it's yeah and she's and she had an operation I think it was last year or the year before but you know you look at where she is and so the only like up to the Ronde van uh, she's up, you know you look at the world tour she was ninth at um, Strade Bianchi mm. eighth at Ronde van Drenthe ninth at Binder she's 34th at Hentwev and 26th at Ronde van Vlaanderen and 27th at Flesh Wallon but that's you know that's really she's got some really good you know again good 
good results. Some just some just really solid results, and yeah. And again, it's nice. It's nice that we're not. And the, you know, I said this before. I like I like it when the peloton splits a bit, and we have the chance mm. to see more riders do well. More riders get because then that 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 builds her confidence. That builds Kitchen's confidence up. And Absolutely. It means that the next races that she goes into, she feels a lot better about it. Okay, what did I do wrong to change it? What can I do better? Maybe, and these aren't yep. the courses that suit her best. You know, she's not. These are kind of flat sprinty races, and she, yeah, she's yeah. a bit more. She, you know, like from those classics results, she's a bit more classicy, a bit more ruler. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. So what have we got coming up on the road? We've got um, we we go into the Tour of Zhushan Island out in China. Um, like I said, we've got a load of races in Venezuela um, coming up. We've got the NEA International Women's Road Stage Race in Finland, which was a surprise addition to the to the World Tour. Um, to the, sorry, to the UCI calendar since January. It's apparently got live video. Um, wow. it's in Finland but it's like when you look at the start list it's very 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 much your small your it's not they've got a team lego <laughs> awesome but you know it's got this is their, their start <laughs> list is fascinating they've got like local finnish teams they've got a team from estonia they've got like like three finnish three finnish teams they've got an israeli national team an estonian national team um, national team from Spain, Team Lego, haha. Um, two more Finnish teams, and a team from Uganda. Sounds great. How cool is that that they've got a team from Uganda? And yeah. again, again, this is like you wouldn't. There would just would not be space for a Ugandan national team in in the average race. But because yeah. we're because we're, we're so you know we've got like. Um, We've got the big teams heading out to Cali um, from the 19th to the 22nd for the Tour of California. Then we've got the brand new race, the Tour de l'Occitanie in France at the same time on the 20th to 25th. And so, yeah, it's 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 just an interesting time. And that's, you know, that's got again, it's got your smaller teams, your park hotels, your Laris Wild Deals, Impa Bianchi. Uh, B Pink, Astana, and then you've got your Australian national teams, French and Germany. Those, and, and they've got a team from Hong Kong going. Awesome. So it does feel like having again, like once you get, there is a big argument here for having more layers of ranking for the UCI. You know, for the for the, yeah. the UCI races, of course there is. Yeah, but yeah. It just feels like this is this is with all this. Is, it's a nice time of the year. This is the time of the year for development. This yep. is the time of the year for. For, for teams we've never heard of, riders we've never seen, you know, seen coming through, you know, your riders like Lizzie Armitstead are having a rest and a break, and then we're going to hit, and we've got all of these kind of races throughout May. We come to the Bowles Rentals Holland Hills Classic at the end of May, which will have your Lizzie's back, and it'll be, it'll be, it'll be huge. And then yeah. it's the American subseas, uh, the, the American race season finishes with the Winston Salem Classics at the end of at the end of May. The Grand Prix Cycliste Gatineau two races in June and they're coming moving all building up to the Philly Classic which is like the biggest next biggest race on the 5th of Mm. June and then riders coming back to Britain for the women's tour on the 15th of June the Aviva women's tour on the on the 15th of June so it's 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 a great run of races it honestly is I mean I will always miss the tour de load but I just think that May is fascinating and i think you know especially in olympic year you know especially in olympic year riders absolutely have to pace themselves and take breaks and especially in the era of 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 doping you could not possibly run the entire full classic season and just keep going through no it's goodness no yeah Mm -hmm. Um, so 
<laughs> that drum roll was specifically for everyone driving home. Yeah, we got, that was a bit of feedback that we had that I've obviously not paid any attention to because our friend Caroline Sawpanda said that when she's in the car and I go like this, she worries that part of her car is falling off. Apparently you managed to hit the exact tone of a flat on the motorway, which now that I've been told about it, it does actually kind of sound like that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, other worldwide races, we had a Paracycling Road World Cup, which was weirdly underattended in Pietermaritzburg in um, South South Africa. Amazing streams, like really, really good streams. But but for some reason, and they're really well attended on the men. Like you had them, like I had a lot of top men there. But there were literally like races where, for example, I mean. The tandem women are racing this incredible tandem stage race in Belgium, most of them. So there's only um, Adamantia Chalkiadaki and her pilot, um, Agairo Milaki from Greece, who, who were the only... Uh, who were the only tandem riders and riders there. But yeah, it was mostly South African, South African riders um, out, mm. out there doing the hand cycling road race, racing. Um, it was a bit, it's a bit sad when, but I guess, I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a, uh, there's another road world cup in belgium in like a couple of weeks so maybe that's where everyone else is and the bmx over in papendal in the netherlands um no mariana Pajon, who's the you know who's um, my big big exciting competition is always between mariana Pajon and caroline buchanan um mariana Pajon is from colombia she crashed in a training crash she's not badly injured but she just decided not to travel to papendal um after crashing the week before which right. you know, I just want to. I just want to take a moment and acknowledge because we we so often talk about riders crashing and just getting back on the bike and riding with a cracked rear ball, or or, or, or doped off their tits on painkillers, yeah, you know? or, or missing a collarbone or whatever it may be. So fair play to a rider who's like, yeah, I crashed. I'm going to take a week to actually recover. Well, this is the thing. It's like when when Lizzie Armitstead had that big, huge crash in the Aviva Women's Tour last year in Stage One. Mm. And and she was walking and fine, but she's like, you know, I'm going to just take the rest of the race off because I need to recover. I think that's so impressive because we talk about, oh, harden the fuck up in cycling, but I think it's really dangerous. And we saw with, for example, Shelley Olds, who crashed in, I can't remember which race, I'm going to say Dwenta, um, and then, you know, and then was was racing with head injuries and neck injuries and crashed again in Binder and and made them so much worse you know like like i can see why you want to keep going but i wish there was a little bit more of a uh let's look after the riders um you know i mean we've seen this with men's races you know how many times have we seen a dude like literally not know look like he doesn't know where he's where he is yeah get back on his bike and carry on yeah yeah and then turn out to have a a concussion Anyway, that's my rant. So uh, Mariana, uh, Mariana Pajon wasn't there. Cara Buchanan won the ITT. And then it looked like she was going to win the, win the main event. But Dutch rider Laura Smulders just pipped her on the line. Really wow. exciting. Um, great for Laura Smulders to win in, her, in front of her home crowd. Um, amazing video, like all BMX. Really good video. If you don't, I've never watched any, just get your eye in because it's going to be a fantastic Olympic event and it's very, very short. <laughs> <laughs> but if you watch a BMX, you know, the full stream, you just have race, 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 and it's glorious. But if you only just want to watch one, you can just click on the, um, you know, the, 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 the little the, the video and then you just get the race and, and a post-race interview. It's perfect. It's perfection. Awesome. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah. So lots coming up on the road. Um, lots coming up on the, uh, on the, 
well, off the road. Off, off, off the road. We've got some uh, mountain bike coming up. I can't, I, I can't use Red Bull TV anymore. Ever since they've like they, they testing their new beta version. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, uh, cope, you cope so well with change. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah, it's like, but yeah, we've got some. Um, <laughs> lovely 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 bmx they've got the um they've got the bmx world championships in medellin medellin in colombia on may 29th which is going to be live there and i'm pretty sure we've got some um some more the next round of the uh mountain bike world cup coming up but i can't find it on the um (laughs) oh no on red bull tv so if you can find it please feel free to tweet it to sarah at underscore pigeons underscore yeah and Just tweet, to And tweet Dan um, sometime this week to say have a very good flight and a very happy birthday um, so, later in the week. Um, I, and... I fly out tomorrow morning on the long journey home. I land back in Sydney on Friday the 13th. That will be perfect. <laughs> um, and I look forward to being cramped in tiny cabins for somewhere approaching 30 hours. And, and Dan is a big, tall man. so. Hate. Hate the world, hate everything. But what are you doing on Friday, Daniel? You're going to the pub with all your friends. No, no, on Friday. That's actually Saturday. On Friday, I am trying not to fall asleep because I land at like 5.30 in the morning. Oh. So, <laughs> so then I have to try and stay awake all day. So I, send your good vibrations to um, lovely Daniel um, and your his happy birthday wishes and... Ah. Um, yeah, and generally, general, general. Hey, there's this girl on Tinder I saw who looks Oi! perfect for you. None of that. Um, and, <laughs> and if you've stuck with us since the beginning, thank you for for sticking around for four years. If you're a a recent listener, uh, we hope we haven't pissed you off too much yet. Um, but yeah, if you would like to contribute particularly to the work that Sarah does, then please go to patreon.com forward slash women's cycling. Um, for as little as a couple of pounds a month, you can just help contribute to the huge amount of work Sarah does in trying to bring us all the information and updates about races, um, as you've just heard, in so many different ways. And, yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. And, oh, it's Alpstad for the Cross Country Mountain Bike World Cup on 21st and 22nd. It will be on Red Bull TV. I just am rubbish. And then La Bresse the week afterwards. And then Fort William. Oh! Mountain bike, mountain bike, everything's exciting. By by then, Sarah will be in love with the new Red Bull TV, so it'll be fine. (laughs) And thank you for listening, and um, thank you. Cheers. (laughs)